The following stories are excerpts from the newest book, Journey into Deep Memory. This book is a collection of stories, soul memories, and teachings on the purpose in our evolution here on Earth. They speak to a far distant past before or prehistory as we know it. Give these little vignettes as an invitation to read the whole text and ignite your curiosity. The first is called The Listening Cave. It was known, this turning of the world, the turning of the wheel that would create so much change in this earth place. It was known because the turning of the world, the turning of the wheel, is part of its cycles part of its relationship to the universe, the stars, the solar system. So it can be known, and it was known. It is historical in that it already had been known. It was an expected time, this earth change, and an expected series of errors that weren't to come on by surprise. They didn't come on through one group of people making big mistakes. It's a much bigger picture than that and it was already understood and known. It had already been endured. It had already been recorded, and it had happened before. So we'll come closer now and go into the story. There is much ado around the earth changes to come, much teaching and preparation in the temples, in the instructions, in the observations of the star configurations and the measuring of them, their span of time through the skies, their beginnings and their endings. In this old and distant time, there was much discussion and teaching, stories given to the people, no, not so much as literal understanding, given by the ones that knew, the higher conscious ones that truly did understand but more as the giving of stories that would be carried forward as myths. We will go to one of these story givings and perhaps through the story giving you'll understand the story itself as well as the meaning of this time. We place you now in your presence, in your eye of witness, in a circle of people. Stories such as this were told in special places. They were told in circles. They were told in either buildings that had circular rooms, or they were told in caves. Caves were the best place of all. Caves helped the stories be told. The caves had ears. They listened. Perhaps you wouldn't say the cave itself didn't listen, but the animation within the very shape of the stone, the space, the consciousness in the earth, and the presence within the earth was listening too. Because this was not just a story for the people. This was a story for the earth. This was a story told to the earth, to the creatures of the earth, and to the people who are simply creatures of this earth as well. So we are in this cave, this 
is a large cave, a much-used, spacious, large cave. The current of air in this cave speaks of its size, of its accessing much deeper channels into the earth. There is an air current. It is quite a steady one, enough to make everyone a bit chilly and enough to blow the fire. So there is a barrier woven of straw towards the back of the cave to break this air current towards the fire. This cave itself speaks in its way. One can listen in to that current. One can hear rumblings, whisperings, strange thumpings, boomings like subtle, deep boomings. This cave has a name. It's called the cave with ears, the listening cave. There isn't anything very much to use your eyes for in this cave, but there's everything to use your ears in this cave. The cave itself tells stories, and the cave is listening to everything that is said within it. So you are sitting here on this earthen floor that is very dry. It is comfortable, and the fire is burning brightly. Now and then, the air current from the deep recesses of the cave slips around the barrier and sends the fire dancing. It is like magic to watch, because it is as though it was meant, as though the cave itself reached around and created the fire to lift, to sparkle and lift up. There is an elder here, a very old being, how old is a question that comes to you? He is very old. He is older than you thought anyone would ever get. He has lived in this body for a long, long time. And he is deeply respected for all he's seen and all he's lived through and witnessed in his time. He's forgotten altogether about being an infant or a child. He's forgotten altogether about being young. Just a very distant, sweet memory. And yet you wouldn't say, or he wouldn't say, that he felt old either. He is a guardian of this cave. A storyteller worthy of this cave. But he's not confined in any way to any place. He has lived for so long that he's been to all the most habitable, lived places in the world at one point. And he is the storyteller today. There is a regime, a way to be here, to go into the story receiving the listening. And it begins by a gathering of silence. The story doesn't begin until the silence says so, which means the silence of the cave, too. Not just the silence of the people, but the silence of everything. When the silence is complete, he knows that the listening is ready.
and that the place of listening within the minds of everyone here is ready. And he knows that the cave, the walls, the beings infused into this earth place are listening. There is no stirring. The fire burns quietly, and there is even a settling of the air current. Stillness pervades, and the story begins. Listen, everyone. Listen to what I'm going to tell you. Listen with all that you are and all that you are not. Listen, because your life depends on it, and listen for all the lives to come, because your listening isn't your own. Your listening is receiving this story and burying it into the earth, burying it into time, until sometime it will be unearthed and found again. And if you wander away in your listening for a phrase or two or a whole time, then there is a break in what will be remembered thousands of years from now. Your listening is burying, storing the story for those that come after you. You are my treasure box. You're my box of memories, my box of gifts that must be buried into this earth for a very long time. For the children of the future and the people of the future. So listen, everyone. Listen with all you are and all you ever have been and all you ever will be. This place, this earth beneath your feet, is the living blood of the infinite sun. This earth is the living body of the infinite this earth is the precious jewel of the indescribable king of existence. The jewel on the forehead of the indescribable master of the universe. This earth is treasured in great tenderness and valued deeply like a child, an infant of such beauty. Every part of it and to you, hearing this story, opening up pictures in you with every word I say, are you seeing it? Are you seeing the green meadows? Are you seeing the shining rivers? The majestic forests with the light carried in it like a gentle breeze? Are you seeing all the myriad creatures that live in that forest and hearing them as though they were all a thread in a great, tapestry and all the creatures that live in the meadow and in the river are you seeing the sacred river the mother river that gathers all the rivers and carries them all to the sea and are you seeing now as we speak of this most precious living embodiment of the infinite master are you seeing the ocean its powerful, deep life. Are you seeing it? Are you plunging through it right now, being pulled because your ears are so open, there's nothing else but your ears, pulled through its currents, past all its molecules, its fishes and its creatures? 
in this cave of listening. You are not in this cave anymore. You are in the sea when I say so. And you are in the meadow when I say so. You are in the shining river, Mother, when I say so. Wherever I say you are there. This is why you must listen with all that you've ever been and all that you ever will be. This is why I say to you, the listeners to this story, you're carrying the memory of the story, burying it into your bones and into the earth. We started by speaking of the preciousness of this place. The living nature as a reflection of the source, the one, the source of all being. This earth is the perfect magnification and perfect the perfection of molecular matter. In order to create the frequencies of life and of water, of soil and plant, of airs, of heartbeats and living beings that are composed of all of this. And so you are. Now listen to the song that floods the universe in praise to you and who you are. You are the ones who can hear in the cave that can hear. The praise of what has become true and actual, what has been accomplished and made and built. The praise precedes the dissolving. This great chorus which you are hearing that is coming from stars away is heard before the fall. This is a story before the fall. It is heard before the great night, and yes, you are going into a great night, a night of stars only, a night where the sun seems to hide. You're going into the great sleep, and many of you will sleep and wait, and some of you will remain enclosed and hold on to the living thread of your body. You will hold as though in storage the form that you are in now. There will be great reduction and stoppage, silence, stationary. The frequencies of the earth will become very stationary. The spinning of this earth will become altered, and there will be a period of stationary frequency. This is the great night coming. Once upon a time, there were these children who were walking through this verdant meadow of flowers and birds and dewdrops, and the humming of the earth was beneath their feet. They could feel it right into their toes and up their heels, through the back of their legs and up their spine, shooting into their eyes, and they knew all is so alive. Walking through the meadow, feeling life almost painfully with every step, as though perhaps flying would be easier. 
a way to be so joyous and so dynamically sparkling in life. These children came to the edge of the meadow, and they stopped, looking into a great forest of towers and shade. And the path said, Keep coming. Keep moving. So they moved into the forest, and what came through their toes now, into their legs and into their spine, was something bigger and deeper, like an invisible drumming, a pounding, a deepening, as though everything was getting heavier and bigger and darker. But they didn't fear. These ones didn't know fear. They just moved slower, more carefully, and more attentively. This was no longer joy. This was respect, watchfulness. This was a place of power, and they went deeper and quieter and further down this path, and the path said, keep going. They came to a mountain, and the mountain reared before them like a vastness of earth and stone. They came to a wall, the children. The wall of a mountain and the darkness became deeper. There was very little light. The trees were so big and so thick, so dense, so much dead wood and live wood interlaced. There was no light. There was a stagnancy now in the air, and it felt as though the path was over. The story has taken them into this part of the forest that sits at the base of the mountain, where the air doesn't move, and it feels as though the trees barely breathe. It feels like a place that is hoary with age and stale air. There is so much dead wood and debris down here on the forest floor. And the trees are so entangled and so large that it is dark. There is hardly any light. The children have come to this and they feel as though they have come to the end of the path. But the path talks, remember, because everything talks in this story. And the path says, keep going. But they don't keep going. They stand there in a little huddle, touching each other because they can't even see where the path goes. It seems to virtually end. It's impossible the path should say, keep going. It gets darker and gloomier, but still these children aren't afraid because they don't know fear. They felt respect. Now they feel trepidation and they feel unsure. They feel like they are in a mystery that's unfolding and they are at the climax of it, at the peak of it, where you really, really don't know anymore. The sun seems like forever ago. The meadow feels like such a distant memory. And they stand together close, holding each other in this darkness of still, stale, breathless air. The path says, keep coming, keep going. It says it insistently and louder than ever. 
The only way to see where the path goes is to get down and crawl. So one of the children, one of the bolder children, who is very feisty in his way, he gets down first and says, Well, this must be how, then. And as he gets down on his knees, he sees the path as clear as can be, as though it whispers in the darkness and is felt under his hands. He calls out, This is the way. Get down on your knees and follow me. It's like they're going through a tunnel in the foliage, in the underbrush amongst all the dead and crumbling wood, a little tunnel that the path leads them through. They go one by one, slowly, carefully, but yet now with a sense of purpose, because the path still speaks, and the path was right. It is still there. It gets darker and darker and darker, and they still can't stand up. They still can't stand up because there's too much above them, too much branch, too much bush. As it gets darker and darker, they reach above their heads bit by bit and then realize there is no longer anything above them. We can stand up. We're somewhere else. We're not in the woods anymore. There's nothing above us. There's no branches here. But it is as dark as night. And they stand up and they reach around to feel. And they feel walls of stone. Above their heads they feel walls of stone. We're no longer in the forest. We're inside the mountain. Will this path ever end? Path, will you ever end? Where are you taking us? And the path just says, keep coming, keep coming, and you will know. So they follow this tunnel into the stone, into the mountain, using their feet to feel, their feet that have little eyes in the ends of their toes. They can feel the earth. They feel its depth and its density, its weight. They feel it all around them. And they feel the energy of the earth as a great, deep grandfather, a great, deep drum moving up through their spine, filling their minds with caves, listening caves, great dark caves of presence. They come to a space where they can't feel the stone walls are there anymore, and they can't feel them to the sides. They can't feel them above, and the path says, stop here, stop and sit. So they sit in this cave, deep in the mountain, full of trust, full of faith, full of the spirit of the stars, full of the infinite sun. Even here these children, trusting the path was laid by some great teacher, some great sage, some being that knows exactly where they need to go. They're so used to sitting in circles. To sit always meant to sit in a circle. Even if you sat alone, you were sitting in a circle. Always sitting in a circle. Always part of the cycle of other beings and the cycle of time. As they sat in the invisible darkness of this cave in a circle, these children, they began to hear. They began to hear inside their heads the whisper 
that was outside their heads, or, or was it? The whispering in their heads, the voice coming from the cave. All the same, these children didn't question. They didn't need things to be all literal and figured out. They trusted everything. And so the story goes. The voice said, The world is falling apart that you've come from. The meadows washed over by waves. The sun blocked out by clouds. Clouds of ice, clouds of ash. The forests leveled. The forests, some filled with waves, some tumbling as the earth shakes. The earth, the world is falling apart and it is going into its sleep, into the great night. You are in the safe room, the place of sleeping and waiting. You're here to curl up like the bear into a sweet sleep where you don't need to drink or eat or wonder where to go or do anything except curl up in the safety of the earth's arms in this mountain of safety. This mountain is placed on this earth in a place where very little can happen to it. It has a solid core of basalt that runs deep, deep down into the crust. It is a pillar, an axis of stone. It will not break, and it will barely shudder. It is a strong pin, a pillar through the changes that are occurring on this earth. You are safe here. This is your nest. This is your place to wait, to sleep, to rest, and to dream. And your dreams will be rich and full. You will dream of what comes next, and you will dream of why this is changing now. You will drift in the stars, and you will watch your tethers thinning as you drift in the stars. You will be visited by the friends of the stars, and they will wash through your minds and your spirit and your hearts. They will fill you with their starlight and with their visions of starry worlds, of where you've come from and where you're going. In this night of nights, you will be bathed with dreams, the dreams of where you've come from and of where you are going. Your tethers will be thin, so thin, that you forget who you are in this world. You'll forget what this world meant. You will lose the entrapment that this world painted in your mind. You will lose it all, but you won't lose it. You will be wiped clean. You will be newly washed with a remembrance of who you most are and who you most shall be. Sleep now. Curl up together. Curl up as creatures snuggled together and let this cave put you to sleep while the waves wash over the meadows and through the forests and the sky is filled with clouds of ice and the snow is a distant light and the sun is a distant light. As the earth is covered with ice and snow and the creatures fall asleep everywhere, it looks as though they die, but they just sleep. Some sleep for so long it's as though they died, but they will return. 
everything will return, perhaps in a completely different shape after its long sleep. You too will wake up and you will know enough. You will know enough to start again. When you wake up, you will wake up to a very different world, but we promise you this. Before you fall asleep in this cave of caves, we promise you, you won't wake up alone. You will wake up to the robes of light, to the elders of the stars, to the teachers. They will gather you and show you and teach you how to rebuild the world, how to bring the freshness, the cleansedness of your mind and spirit and being into a new day, into a new world, an utterly new world that the ice has purified and the ocean has cleansed and the great long sleep has reset the purpose of this existence. Sleep in peace. Sleep, my children, sleep in peace. Sleep through the long night until we come to wake you, until this path speaks and says, wake up, follow me, keep going, and leads you back into the sunlight. We'll meet you there out in the sunlight. We'll take you in ships. And we'll take you to lands that are ready for building. Lands that are dry and well and full of the readiness to grow. We will take you there. And we will take you there. And we will name you this and that. We'll take you all over the new world and you will live again. With new names, new ways. And it will be wonderful. Sleep the sleep of trust and peace, knowing you are sleeping in the vision of the absolute grace of the universe. The sleep is the sleep of the Creator, therefore the waking will be the waking of the Creator. <laughs>